0: This is Daniel Fagella, and you're listening to the AI in Business podcast. We've covered so many use cases over the course of the last three or four years. Many of them have Kristen crossed into the world of energy, but we really haven't covered much around clean energy. That said, in our research work and our other various and sundry surveys, it's certainly a topic that's come up more in the last two years since covid and today we're focusing on AI use cases in clean tech. In particular, one of the use cases is putting solar panels on residential roofs not exactly something that comes immediately to mind when you think about where AI fits into the energy sector, but as it turns out, it's a rather important use case. And we also dive in on what it looks like to install electronic vehicle charging stations. So to be able to build these substantial facilities is actually non-trivial, and as it turns out, AI can serve its purpose there as well. Our guest this week is Nick. Pilkington. Nick is the CTO of Drone Deploy. He was with us about two years back. We had a great conversation with Nick, and when his team re-engaged us, it felt like a great time to be able to connect. So today, Nick walks us through why AI is becoming more relevant in clean tech. He goes in-depth into where drones and artificial intelligence serve a purpose for retail solar panels or, and for charging electric vehicles. And he also talks a little bit about the future what kind of new capabilities are drones and ML likely to bring to bear? The last five years has been a lot of change. What's coming up? So Nick gives us a bit of his perspective on where the future is taking us. Certainly a unique topic for an episode and definitely a core competency of the drone deploy team here. So we're glad to be able to have Nick with us. This episode is brought to you by Drone Deploy. Without further ado, let's fly into the episode. This is Nick Bilkington back on the show here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Nick, thanks for being back with us here on the show. Great to be here, Dan. Thank you. It's crazy to think it was almost two years ago when we were just at the beginning of COVID and now we're in the very midst of the new normal. And Today, we're talking about some great use cases. We did not talk about solar last time, we are today. Before we get into use cases though, I wanted to just get your vantage point. Why is AI and emerging tech becoming more relevant in the solar space? I feel like over the last two years, There's whole burgeoning categories of capabilities that have come up. What has made this a hotter space than it was a little while back?
1: Yeah, I I think it's two things in particular. The first is the the decreasing cost of being able to acquire really, really high resolution imagery on job sites, whether that's imagery that's taken from the air using drones or imagery that's taken from the ground using mobile vehicles. It's becoming easier, cheaper, and much more automated to get that imagery. And the second part of the story is obviously machine learning is that we're seeing that it's it's they're really valuable insights that can be drawn from those images automatically by machine learning models. And this is allowing a lot of operational efficiency, a lot of use cases to be solved automatically using combination of robotics and machine learning. So it's a super exciting time to see this technology being adopted.
0: So we've got a, a confluence of factors that are bringing this together. And obviously, you know, sensors are only getting better and better. It sounds like the cost on the video side is making these use cases come to life. And I know one of those is on sort of the installation of solar panels. I think a lot of folks who are listening right now probably have solar panels and they're unaware that AI might play a role at all in finding, you know, and installing those, you know, in, in somebody's home or even in a business or what have you. Talk to us a little bit about what that use case is and walk us through why AI is even relevant
1: there. Yeah, for sure. I, I think to really understand the value here, you've got to see the whole process of how how you end up with solar panels on the roof of your house. What would usually happen is somebody would visit your home and they'd schedule a, an appointment with you, and that technician would then climb over the roof of your house and spend one to three hours on the roof of your house, taking manual measurements of every aspect of the roof, looking for where skylights and chimneys are, how tall they are, every eave, ridge, every dimension of the roof has to be measured. In addition to that, they need to take measurements of the the trees on the property that are nearby that could occlude sunlight. Once that technician's finished on the job, all of those measurements need to be transcribed to a piece of paper and then ultimately transcribed by the design team at the solar company into a, a CAD file. And it's only at that point that they can actually start laying out solar panels and looking at, at at the energy system that would be installed and how much how much money it would save you and how much sunlight would actually be hitting the roof. And at that point, they can can offer you a quote. And if you accept that quote, they'll come out and do the actual installation. And ideally, that goes smoothly. But the reality is, it's very easy to make mistakes in any one of those measurements. And if you have accidentally measured the roof incorrectly, you're going to end up with a, a solar system that's too big for your roof. And then a whole bunch of rework needs to be done. And that's obviously costly to the company trying to install the solar panels. That causes delays. And there are, there are a lot of reasons how this process can become really inefficient based on mistakes that are made through that process. So if we now look at the process and how drones and machine learning can really automate a lot of that and make it much more reliable, this is what it would look like. Your technician would still arrive at your home, but instead of climbing all over the roof, they'd simply initiate an automatic drone flight. And that drone would fly over the roof of your home or collect all the images of the top of your roof and any surrounding trees and upload those to the cloud. At that point, the technician can move on to the next job site. They have nothing else that they need to do at the current home, so they can do many more homes per day. They can do many more of these surveys. But let's follow the imagery. The imagery has been uploaded to the cloud. Uh, Machine learning and computer vision can then use those photographs to automatically create a full fully accurate 3D model of the roof and automatically make all those measurements and figure out where there are trees that occlude areas of the roof and and provide shade, where the chimneys are, where the skylights are, all the dimensions, slopes, pitches of the roof, all of that can be achieved automatically and learned by a machine learning model. So shortly after the technicians left, anyone who's in the office in the design team for that, that solar panel company can immediately start laying out solar panels. There's no need to transcribe those measurements or anything like that. They can automatically start laying out the system and send a quote to the customer.
0: Got it. So and what I'm imagining here, and let me know if my mental image, Nick, is accurate. There is a machine learning serving a few purposes here, from what I gather. One is the actual flight of the drone. It sounds as though, you know, you can let the drone know, hey, here's the house you're going to survey, and the actual looping around the home from what you've articulated here, is, is somewhat automated. In other words, we don't have a remote control, or maybe we do have a remote control. I'd love to know from you. And then secondly, it sounds as though once the, the 3D model is rendered, which might involve some level of, of machine learning in terms of gauging distances and looking at shading and all that stuff, recommendations are made to our design folks. Because I would imagine there's got to be a human who signs off who says, okay, no, we actually are going to do an L shape around this chimney," because. That tree actually isn't that close and so we can continue that L. We're going to get more, more sunlight there. It's going to make sense to actually do that. Like I imagine there's a, there's a sign off kind of from a human being. Is this
1: about the right picture or can you clarify that a bit? Absolutely. It's, it it, it kind of nicely falls into those three buckets. First there's the, the flight experience for the technician and that we want to be as automated as possible. The drone flies itself. It avoids obstacles. It flies at the right altitude above the roof. And it collects all the required imagery that's required for the further steps down the pipeline. The second is is the core processing. And that's where computer vision and machine learning first generate a really, really accurate 3D model of that residential home. And secondly, make a deeper understanding of the roof. And that in particular means understanding all of the roof geometry, slopes, pitches of every roof face, any obstructions that are on the roof. And then finally... Machine learning model can then attempt to lay out solar panels. And all of these processes can be QA'd and can be verified by a human being. But the happy path is that most of this takes place automatically and extremely quickly, where at the end of that, you can a system that would be laid out on that residential roof and you can issue a quote to the customer that if they accept it, it's very very unlikely that there's going to be any rework or fitment issues.
0: Yeah. So it, and it, I can imagine it's been it's been a bit to get there, right? To get the drone to be able to fly itself. My supposition here is that the early runs are just done by people, but that at some point we can train a, a machine learning model to you know, loop around 5,000 houses and then basically learn the parameters. Look, you're going to stay this far from the roof. Here's how you're going to follow gutters. Here's how you're going to go to the top. Here's how you're going to circle around a chimney. Eventually that stuff gets more and more automated. Same with the actual layout of the panels. My guess is we've got to have a lot of roof layouts. We've got to have a lot of panel layouts before we can train an algorithm to actually lay all that stuff out, it, it feels like this would have been quite a progressive process to get it to where it is today.
1: Absolutely, and I, I think a lot of that's been driven by the, the, the most tech-forward companies in the space adopting this technology, and, and by far the, the most progressive is Sunrun. They've gone from not using drones at all in any parts of their workflow to now having over 240 licensed pilots So these are the pilots that are going out with drones, going out with drone deploy and performing these surveys. And those technicians can now spend 15 minutes on each site instead of two hours. And in addition, they get all the benefits of using automated imagery and machine learning all the way through their pipeline. They can turn around these jobs in under four hours and really sort of decrease the design time involved before they can issue a quote to the customer. And then because this is much more accurate imagery, much more accurate automated processes, They've estimated that it'll reduce the number of fitment issues that they experienced by about thirty five percent. Got
0: it. Okay. And so these are published numbers with you and them. And obviously they're from what you've told me, the largest player in this space. Yes. Okay. So just to get a sense here, in terms of visualizing the workflow, I'm familiar with other sort of Bay Area firms. There's a company called Occipital, I don't even know if they're around anymore, used to kind of take images and turn that into 3D models, have some grasp of that. But actually, how solar panels are laid out, planned, and designed, totally new for me. And I imagine for most of our listeners who are not in this space, that'll be new for them as well. I imagine that they get the 3D model as it is piped up to the cloud, piped into some file that says Jeremy Stevens, you know, 55, you know, Amber Lane or whatever the case may be. They get the files uploaded in there and then Normally, they would go into that file, they would look at what the map is, and they would kind of drag and drop little Lego pieces on there as to kind of you know how many we can fit and what spaces are probably more likely to be shady or more likely to be sunny or whatever. They're making those estimates, and then they're saying, okay, we think this design is actually going to work out, and then somebody goes and installs it. Is it to say now that they're working in the same interface, but on top of that image is already an overlay of where the panels should go? Like, How is their workflow augmented before and after? in that case?
1: Yeah. Well, using drones and machine learning, the output of of drone deploy software is this accurate 3D model of the residential roof. And that gets plugged straight into the solar company's software that does shading analysis, because that's the key component where they figure out how many hours of sunlight every square foot of the roof gets. And that informs how the solar panels are laid out. So instead of there being a whole bunch of manual efforts and CAD work before inputting that 3d model into shading analysis that all happens automatically and from that we can automatically get a candidate for what the solar panel layout should look like on the roof got it so a candidate for
0: the panel would be hey designer here's the image and then here is maybe some suggested layouts yes yeah well i being able to kind of programmatically generate those. I think eventually we're gonna get to the point of, you know, architecture and logo design and AI doing all kinds of interesting things. But actually in in light of those robustly complex tasks, obviously this is not child's play, but it does feel like it's viable for AI to be able to suggest those. So the savings here in terms of the motive for the adopting companies, you know, certainly there's gear, certainly there's working with high-tech companies. These might be prohibitive for some players in the space, but it sounds to me as though there is an accuracy element which would be very, very strong to deliver on. But regardless, there is also a speed element for the person in the truck. And then there is a speed element for the designer coming up with that hard layout that they can then do a quote for. So speed it's like speed to assess the home and then speed to quote feels like the competitive advantage here. But you let me know, Nick, if there's other stuff we want to discuss from an ROI
1: perspective. Accuracy is is mandatory and it's a really sort of clear competition between a, a drone survey and somebody who's climbing over the roof, making all these measurements accurately. A drone flying low over the roof of a residential home, collecting the super high resolution imagery and then performing those measurements automatically, that's going to be way more consistent and way more accurate than, than somebody with a tape measure. And the second side of that is, is speed, and there are two parts to the to the speed story. One is obviously the technician is spending less time on each site, so they can cover and assess many more sites per day. And the second is the turnaround time for that quote to the customer. These residential solar companies are competing with each other for business. So those who can get the quote back to the customer quickest and most accurately are typically going to win that business. And that's where using drones, machine learning, that's really a superpower for these companies to be able to reach that customer first and also deliver them an accurate quote as quickly as possible.
0: Got it. Yep. So certainly the competitive advantage element becomes more clear in that that particular explanation there. So, all right, nice. And And we've got the three different places where AI fits the bill and levels up that process. I know there was at least one other use case that you wanted to tackle here today around electric vehicle charging stations, also the energy space, kind of the clean energy domain. Let us know about what the, I guess, business case and situation is there and then where AI finds its fit.
1: Yeah, I mean, electric vehicles are massively on the rise, and th- that's not going to slow. That's really the, the future that, that humanity is working towards, where we're going to be using clean energy to power everything, most especially electric vehicles. The result of that is that we need a lot of electric vehicle charging stations uh, across the United States. And currently, there are about 7,500 of these in North America. But the intention is that that number increases by about 25,000 over the next eight years. So 25,000 or more DC charging stations are gonna be added across America. The challenge here is is the actual installation and surveying process, because every location that's a candidate for one of these charging stations needs to be surveyed. And that survey can cost about $8,000. And that's an upfront cost to survey the assets and the prospective site, regardless of whether the installation actually takes place. So it's a sunk cost, no matter if the deal moves forward or not. And half of those sites don't actually end up being used in the end. They don't end up customers of the service. So here there's a there's a great opportunity for, for machine learning to be able to drop down that cost and reduce, especially that upfront survey cost so that more of these sites can be surveyed more efficiently, and there's a much higher likelihood that the dollars spent on the survey actually turn into dollars for an actual installation. Got it. Okay. So,
0: so there's our general tee-up of the problem. Hearing about this for the first time in terms of where AI could fit into this use case, how do we even kind of begin to get our data house in order to train an algorithm to improve our hit rate there and reduce that gigantic risk? What, is it, what does it look like to get started?
1: Yeah. I mean, traditionally, you'd use a, a, a survey team that would be walking around the, the, the site making measurements with traditional survey gear like theodolites and measuring distances and elevations between all the, all the key points on that candidate job site. And that's obviously where, where a lot of the cost is. That takes a lot of time. That requires a lot of domain-specific knowledge. If you're using machine learning and you're, you're trying to acquire data that will let you solve that task automatically you're typically going to be flying a drone over the job site and collecting a bunch of photographs from which you can create a really accurate and really dense point cloud. And that point cloud is the basis to actually do any of these surveys digitally in survey software, but you can create that automatically from a bunch of photographs that are are collected from a drone flight.
0: Got it. So I mentioned there's an analogy here on some level with the installation of panels where we've got a drone that can be Trained maybe manually many 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 times to do a similar kind of job to the point where we get it out of the truck. You know, we sort of point it in the right direction, and it can do the same sort of swift surveying. Is is that an analogous use of drones and and computer vision assessment in this case?
1: Yeah, the collection of the imagery is going to be going to be very similar. It's the machine learning and how that data is used that differs in this case. For example, with residential solar, we were after this this accurate report of what the the roof geometry looks like. That could be used for for shading analysis and to lay out the solar panels. With electric vehicle charging stations, what we're actually after is the the output of a line work survey. So it's a piece of information that shows and delineates the curb of the parking lot around the structure where these these chargers are going to be installed, each of the individual parking bays, or any other of the key geometry on that site that needs to be incorporated when you're actually doing the layout and the planning. So here you're starting with the point cloud that's been generated from the drone flights. And then machine learning models can learn what these actual line work surveys look like and what's required to delineate the parking bays, the curb around the parking bays, and anything else that's required for automatic layout.
0: Got it. So in terms of just kind of thinking out loud about how this works, it seems as though is the ROI case somewhat similar to, in other words, hey, it'll be more accurate and you don't need as many specialized humans. And of the specialized humans you have, they can go to more sites in a given day, a given week, whatever the, the metric is, or, or is the measurement slightly different? Maybe what matters to the company, to the customer in this case for you guys is different. Give me a, a sense of, I guess, how they're, they're thinking about ROI there.
1: Yeah. At the, at the core, it's a cost-saving exercise. And we've seen a 50% decrease in the upfront costs and a 25% decrease in the core survey costs. Because customers who are using DroneDeploy, they can now overlay those design plans with the aerial maps directly, and they can understand the, the viability of a site and coordinate a team that's actually going to go in and do that installation. And that was a much more inefficient and sort of cost prohibitive process before, because a lot of that survey, survey manual, those dollars that were going to the survey may end up being wasted if the candidate site wasn't chosen.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's ultimately the reduction of cost is sort of how they're measuring the return on investment here too. And I'm thinking about, I guess, the commonalities between these two. Both of them are in sort of the clean tech space and both of them have to do with this sort of surveying exercise. I happen to know, I mean, we we do so many interviews in interesting sectors, in anything kind of heavy industry, and energy is certainly one of them, there is kind of this problem of how many people do we have trained to do the physical stuff, so you know maintaining a train or you know fixing a you know jet engine or whatever there's problems there? I can imagine the clean energy space are similar problems where technology is kind of stepping in to make up for the fact that maybe there are less and less people able to do this particular role when you think about the trends that you're following and you think about what the future of clean energy and this kind of surveying work looks like what's important for leaders to understand? And I know there's other people who are invested in this space or maybe work in this space directly. Where is all this stuff taking us in terms of these, these ML changes here?
1: Yeah, I, I think they're going to be some pretty drastic changes in, in skills liquidity in, in some of these organizations going forward, because the role of, of drone pilots or drone technician that didn't really exist 10 years ago. But now, like I described with Sunrun, they're an organization that are really technology forward, and they've got 245 licensed pilots flying drones. So it's another skill set that's that's going to be required in these organizations, whether that's an existing role or uh, new roles that are created for people to to acquire this imagery as drone pilots. And then the rest of it is about operational efficiency. You now these organizations now have a superpower; they can, they can collect this really high resolution imagery of a job site automatically. And that is empowering all of these workflows, like the residential solar installations, like the electric charging vehicles, because they, they can now use those drones, collect the imagery, and that's when the machine learning can really be leveraged to to draw insights out of that imagery. And that becomes very domain specific, depending yes. on what like we've gone super deep on the residential solar stuff and the electric charging vehicle station. but it's built off the same premise. like it's it's easy to now collect this imagery with something like drone deploy. And now we can sort of build on the value of taking the jobs and taking the ways that that, that imagery is being used and those tasks that are, that are typically very difficult, very tedious, very time-consuming or very error-prone and learn how to automate them with machine learning. And that's exactly what's happening in these two use cases. And I think we're going towards a future where it's obvious that drones are used on every job site. Some of those drones will need to get piloted. Some of them will live on the job site and they'll operate oh. automatically on the schedule. And I think that's that's really where this future becomes very exciting because then anyone who's, who's interacting with these assets, these job sites, they have access to imagery whenever they want. It's not a matter of getting to the site. It's not a matter of collecting the imagery. There is a vehicle, a drone, whether it's flying or walking around, always on that job site, operating on a schedule, collecting the imagery and using that depending on, on the different use case. So something like uh, residential solar or, or electric charging stations, it's, it's obviously a one-off. But if you think about something like an, a large energy site, like a substation yep. or solar array, those need to be inspected. And that's where the, the periodic collection of this imagery, we want to be automated, reliable, so that they can be imagery acquired at any point in time.
0: There's two things that come to mind that we can wrap up on, Nick, because I think we're opening some, some pretty interesting Pandora's boxes about the future here. You mentioned you know a drone that lives on the site. It's a really interesting way to put it, and the image that immediately came to my mind is some sort of a reinforced kind of steel box that probably is not very easy to open, but it sits somewhere, maybe on top of a trailer somewhere or somewhere else in a site, and you know every X hours, some latches unfold, and a drone zooms off at of the top of it, does its job, comes back, plugs itself in to be charged, and then sits in that little
1: safe box. Is, is this what you meant by living on the job site? Absolutely. And, and, and that future has already arrived. It's just It just hasn't reached everyone yet. Yeah. Um, we yeah. sites that are operating these, these drones on schedules, whether it's like you described there, a drone uh, in a box that can fly automatically on a schedule or a vehicle that walks around on the ground that, that lives on an electric charging station, like a, like a, a Spot Mini with its electric dock. Yeah, any sort of thing, but super exciting to see that happening.
0: Oh, there's, there's going to be a burgeoning market for uh, drone and like walking and rolling robot habitats on construction sites and, and job sites at some point. For those of you interested in cool startup ideas, Nick's just given me one in case I get bored with AI market research. You know, I can always get into uh, habitats for drones on construction sites. Last thing I'll, I'll run by you here, Nicholas. We've talked about some of the capabilities of AI today. You guys are doing some substantial work with some of the larger players in this clean tech space, and it's been progressive. You know, I can again imagine your initial drone flights were not automated around people's houses. Your initial you know, placement of where the solar panels are going to go. Those, those recommendations maybe weren't happening the first time you did a scan. This has been progressive. When you think about a next level of progressive capability that's going to bloom out of this data and bloom out of doing all these different drone runs, what is something that in the next half a decade we can kind of look forward to getting closer to? Because what you just mentioned was probably aspirational five years ago. Is there anything about the future that listeners might want to know?
1: I think the only reason that, that DroneDeploy has been able to build these solutions is the amount of data that's been collected by drones on the DroneDeploy platform. Currently we're, we're doing about 60,000 job sites around the world that are, that are collecting data on, on, on some sort of cadence. So that's a huge amount of imagery that's really put us in a position to build these machine learning models because you need, you need a lot of training data to get this working and you need way more to get it right consistently. But I think as we, as we look towards the future where these, these vehicles are operating on schedules, on job sites, there's just much, much higher frequency collection of the imagery. So the amount of imagery that's coming into drone deploy could go up by a factor of 10 or a factor of 100. And that gives us so much more firepower to build new types of machine learning models for harder and harder applications of this technology, simply because we're getting more visual examples of what these jobs look like and what these challenges look like. So it's really sort of this 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 data flywheel where the the more drone employees yeah, used yeah. on job sites, the more imagery is is collected and and the greater ability we have to solve hotter and hotter challenges
0: yeah, well and and to be frank, Nick I mean every AI startup half a decade ago you know would talk about the data flywheel being you know a reliable part of differentiating their product, as you're probably well aware in many, many spaces, whether it's anti money laundering and banking or you know, I could name a million more the transferability from project to project actually isn't all that good but in your guys particular space you know a roof is a roof a job site for a charging station and i think the interesting thing in your guys case just from a business model perspective is that those aren't exactly super commodity data sets like a uh, payment fraud for example you know buying things e-commerce and you know charging back or something like fraudulent payments there's a lot of companies plugged into e-commerce sites tracking a lot of that stuff it's kind of questionable as to whether it's a differentiator it sounds like the exciting part for you guys is operating in these interesting niches where you can really build a snowball there.
1: Yeah. And there's a really well understood taxonomy of problems that exist in the energy industry, in the construction industry, in the agriculture industry, which the core industries that drone deploy operates in. And that's why I like collecting more of this imagery is letting us be a lot more aggressive in building out these solutions automatically to these problems and and, and rolling them out to market and seeing the response and what we're doing for uh, residential solar installation and, and electric vehicle charging stations. like It's only the beginning of some of these applications. There's going to be a lot more of this autonomy coming in the future.
0: Well, we'll have more interesting stuff to talk about the next time we chat, and hopefully there will be no global pandemics in between next time, Nick. So <laughs> really grateful we're getting to riff again. It's been a real blast. And thank you again for being back in the show, Nick.
1: Thanks so much, Dan. My great pleasure to be here.
0: So that's all for this episode of the ai and business podcast a big thanks to nick for being able to join us and hopefully we have more clean tech use cases in the coming two years than we did in the previous two years it's great to get a sense of where drones and computer vision are adding value in big and important industries we're glad to have you here listening this week and i'd like to make sure that you're also on the newsletter if you're not already Twenty thousand of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis are also newsletter subscribers The newsletter is where we send out every single week, twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday, all of our latest interviews, articles, research, and infographics. So many of you have enjoyed our infographics around AI strategy, AI ROI on LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. The newsletter is where that stuff comes out first. And you can be subscribed there at emerj.com slash N one. N is in newsletter, and then the number one, emerj.com slash N one. I had a lot of fun with this episode. It was great to have Nick back. I really liked our first one. If you haven't heard Nick's first episode, go back. You can go to podcast.emerge.com, just type in drone deploy or the word drone, and you can see his previous episode with us, Uh, but it was great to be able to riff with him again, and I'm I'm glad we got this episode in here today. So thank you again for being here as a listener, and I look forward to catching you in the next episode here on the AI and Business Podcast.